Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. Our topic today is how to maintain a world-class reputation. Not an easy thing to do. Our guest expert is Alan Stevens, who is coming to us from across the pond uh, after a very long day, and I think you're going to love him. Now, before we get to that, today's podcast has been sponsored by our Emerging Speakers free webinar. It's called How to Accelerate Your Speaking Business, where you talk you through the most important steps to getting your business off the ground quickly. Talk about positioning and marketing and how to develop the products and services that you'll need to advance Fast. If you would like to know more information about this free webinar, go to WealthySpeakerU.com forward slash emerging. Now today, we're talking about reputation, and when it came to this topic, I thought immediately of Alan Stevens. I, you know, Alan, welcome. Thank you very much, Jen. Nice to be here. <laughs> You're coming to us from across the pond. Yep. And uh, it's about 7 o'clock in the evening, your time. So we're going to make this short. <laughs> That's right. Can... You know, I can, we can both talk for hours. We know that. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree that there really isn't a quicker way for um, speakers to sink their business than to get a reputation for being, you know, shady or overpriced or difficult to work with? Oh, absolutely, Jane. I mean, the thing is, it's it's often said it can take years and years to build a reputation, and that's true. You can lose it in seconds. One act, one phrase, one tweet mm. can do the damage that it takes uh, years to build up. Yeah, and you know, it, re it it makes me realize that from the platform, if we start to buy into our own hype, Mm -hmm. And maybe get into a little bit of an ego space on that. Just saying the wrong thing from the platform nowadays could be the beginning of the end for somebody, couldn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because, you know, e even though some people don't like it, we've got to be aware that we're being recorded whenever we're in public. Whenever we're on the platform, we're being videoed, we're being recorded in audio. Even if it says no filming and no recording, it still happens. And one phrase that... Uh, you use that gets repeated it gets sent out to people it's all over social media that can do an enormous amount of damage so yes we have to be extremely careful it doesn't mean we should be frightened it means we need to be careful yeah well let me explain your background to people so that they kind of know how you the perspective that you're coming from alan stevens is a media coach journalist pr expert and author he's the past president of the global speakers federation thank you for your service by the way thank his you. company media coach provides individuals and organizations around the world with skills to communicate more effectively through tv radio and in print. Alan's book, The Exceptional Speaker, is about how to deliver sensational speeches. Alan has made over 2,000 radio and TV appearances, both as a presenter and an expert interviewee. He has been quoted in every national UK paper and many others around the world. He was listed in the independent newspapers as one of the top 10 media experts in the UK. So you are the perfect mm -hmm. person to be talking about reputation, not only from the speaker standpoint, but also from the media side of it, because we know that reputation can really unravel in the media quickly, can't it? Especially yeah, in the UK. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for thank you for for going through that. And yes, I've been in the business a long time, and uh, you know, done a lot of things, seen a lot of people. You're absolutely right. Media exposure, which we all fight for, 
Mm-hmm. We all want to get that radio slot and that TV slot and that, uh, that piece in Forbes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You've got to be very careful about that. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, there are, there's good and bad, and particularly if you're doing a live interview, you've got to be extremely careful to make sure that you're on point all the time. Right, and not maybe taking uh, turns into places that might be dangerous territory. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you have seen? Okay, so you've also written a book about being an exceptional speaker. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things? Let's talk in the various mediums that speakers might be able to foul themselves up, okay? okay. So we can talk about stage, which we talked about briefly. I'd love to yeah. talk about social media, and I'd like to talk about media. So first on the stage, what would be an example of things that you have seen go wrong which could then turn into something bad well a number of things i mean it's a case of being prepared isn't it you know any, anything can happen uh, during a speech you know things do happen during a speech that we don't plan for but you've got to try and anticipate things yes. so even if something if an accident occurs if something happens if something goes wrong and i, I saw a good example of this uh, in macedonia last year okay. where I, was, I was working i was M- mc at a big conference and uh, a speaker i won't name them um came on, they threw their, their memory stick to the AV team on the way to the stage and said, put those slides on. Uh, and of course, they, the guys were struggling to do that. It turned out he hadn't even given them PowerPoint. It was a PDF. And therefore, oh. it didn't work properly. Oh, my and goodness. Got on stage, he, he said, I, and this is, this is actually his quote. This is what he said. I knew this was a third world country. I didn't realize we had third world technicians as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is this somebody you knew? Yeah, oh, it's somebody I know, and it's somebody who is uh, who is quite well known in America, actually. <gasps> wow! Um, and I, oh I, I won't give his name. Obviously, I'm not in the business of calling people out. No. But uh, but nevertheless, you know, there were there were a thousand people at that conference, and I wouldn't mind betting a lot of them told their friends how he behaved. <laughs> and and that you bring up a good point. You know, there's this old saying about you know good news traveling so much slower than bad yes. news. So what is the saying about that? Tell well, there's one, there's one that said, you know, Churchill used to say that a lie can go around the world before the truth has got its boots on. Mm. And, you know, the, the thing is, you know, bad news does travel fast, like a wildfire, as they say. And, yeah. And now with social media, what we're going to talk about in a moment, I'm sure, you can't stop it. Once it's out, it's out. Right. This, everything has really changed since you and I got into the business. Mm. How many business, how many years have you been in the business? Uh, did I say 42 out loud? <laughs> I'm right behind you coming on to 30, so we yeah, can we can commiserate scary. over some wine okay. sometime yeah. about that. Um, okay, so let's talk next about social. What okay. would be, um, you know, I've done it myself. Where do you stand? And, and I don't know how different social media is there to hear or mm-hmm. in the UK to hear. I sure. know your newspapers are really rough, so we'll talk about media in a second. But okay. from a social media standpoint, everything is so um, divisive here. And yeah. you can be in trouble in a heartbeat just by liking something or commenting on something that is bipartisan in one direction or another. It's, it's so difficult. It's the same the world over, Jane. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, social media is a glo- they're global media, they're global channels. Uh, and you can't often tell where somebody is when you're having a conversation with them. I, mean, right. I, I, I chat on social media quite a lot, as you do too, and we don't know whether people are in America or Australia or Europe or wherever they are. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter. 
mm-hmm. in a sense. My, my, my rule of thumb for social media is not, I mean, I do express strong views. I mean, I am, I am opinionated and that's, I think speakers that, are. That's your, that's part of your brand, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I'm never, I never get into sort of party politics if I, okay. if I can possibly avoid it. I'm more looking on political issues as, as a commentator. Okay. Uh, as somebody who's saying, you know, is, is this reasonable? Does that make sense? Did they say something ridiculous? That sort of thing. Okay. I try and I avoid arguments. Um, there isn't any point. You never change anyone's view. No. But I think, but I do think the really insidious uh, aspect of social media is, as you say, the divisiveness, the bubbles, mm-hmm. the fact that we, the people start to reject opinions they don't like, and they they steer away from people they don't like, and they stay with people who are like them, which mm-hmm. reinforces their view, or if you want to put it another way, reinforces their prejudice. Right. I think that I think that's the real danger of social media, the fact that we start to believe that our view, whatever that happens to be, is universal. And therefore, we meet someone that doesn't have that view, we start to rant and rave at them as though though they're some kind of exception, whereas in fact, there are views of different shades of opinion all over the world. Do we have any concrete examples of people whose social media posts have damaged their reputation in a way that I don't have any of that. I just know it's happening. Well, yeah, yeah there was an example. In fact, I was commenting on it only today. Uh, we have, um, a, in fact, a former a contestant, a TV reality show contestant called Katie Hopkins. Um, now, Katie was uh, in the US, UK version of The Apprentice. Okay. Uh, she came out and then she became a, a fairly vitriolic commentator um, on a couple of newspapers, and the, and the Sun newspaper over here, the Mail Online, which is a very mm-hmm. popular global newspaper, okay. uh, and also on a, on a radio station. And what she did, she started to speak out, particularly on issues like immigration, on issues about race and so on, and she was very, very abusive uh-huh. uh, to the extent that she left her roles in all of those newspapers. And only last year she sent out a tweet um, that was very defamatory about somebody else. Um, I don't know if I can say, if I can say well, I'll, I'll try and... I'll try and you know, say it in a polite way. She accused another person of of, um, of urinating on war memorials, you know, and, and which is an appalling thing to, to say wow. about anybody. It was completely yeah. untrue. The story was completely untrue. Um, and the person came back to her and said, look, this never happened. You, This is not true. I'd like an apology. In fact, what I'll do, I'd, I'd, would you apologize and pay £5,000 to a charity for immigrants? That's what that's what they asked for. Or she, and Katie said, no, I won't do that. So they sued her took her to court and she lost the case very heavily. And she's now, as a result of that, got into a, a huge amount of debt, wow. uh, lost her job, lost her house, all, all over one tweet that she refused to apologize for. Wow. So the damage can be serious. It can be really serious. And uh, I'm sure politically speaking, it's just as devices over there. You guys have Brexit and all kinds of things that can divide people. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I think we um, even, even unconsciously start to unfriend and unsubscribe to people who are on different views as us. But let's talk about whether or not politics belongs in our business lives anyway, Mm -hmm. because at the end of it, really, we're not, we shouldn't be talking to all of our speaker buddies. We should be talking to our clients. Absolutely right. And so is it in our best interest to be on either side of any political debate in front of our clients? 
Uh, I think probably not. I mean, I, I tend, I never talk politics on stage. I mean, I, I am political. People, people who know me well enough know that I'm political and I have a point of view. Right. But I don't think it's, it serves speakers at all to start getting political online where their clients can maybe right. interact with them, certainly see what they're doing or may even interact with them. I really don't see the point. Um, for me, you know, politics and speaking are, are different. You know, politics is something that we do when we decide what, what government we want and we talk to our friends. Mm-hmm. Speaking, unless we're, unless we're talking about political issues, which is rare, in, as you know, in the speaking profession, we don't tend to talk about politics. Right. What I do do on stage when I talk about reputation, I talk about politicians. Uh, and when I talk about excellent speakers, I talk about politicians. Examples. But not in a partisan way. Right. I'm very, very careful not to say, uh, you should vote for these people or, or like, those people yeah. are terrible government. What are, are there, there really isn't any point, is there? I, right. I, I like, like them or hate them, this is the example I'm giving you of this, you know, not exactly anything that. to do. Now, um, I think sometimes people just feel called to stand up for something that they uh, don't believe is right that's going on. And I understand the, the calling, sure. but we just have to know that there might be consequences. Have you ever thought about running for office? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Uh, I was a politician. I was, a, I was an elected politician for a while, oh, yes. I, I did it's not, not know my, that. It's not in my bio. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I, was a, I was a local politician. I was elected. I was deputy leader of a, of a local council, a local authority. Oh, uh, just wow. Okay. So you've been... Been there, done that. Yeah, I've done that. Got the T-shirt, and you're done with that. Okay. Not going back. You're not going back. Okay. Um, Let's talk about media now, because that's really where you um, Mm. live most of the time. Yes. What would be a big mistake that someone could make, let's say, while being interviewed? Well, I, I think the worst thing that people can do when they're being interviewed is not prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I'm, I'm a journalist by background, so I, I don't hold with this thing that journalists are trying to fool us and defraud us and, and make stuff up. I don't, you know, I'm not, I think, I honestly think journalism is a noble profession. I really do. Okay. But there are times when a journalist will try and cross question someone to get information out of them, particularly if they're interviewing politicians. Now I have to hold my hand up here and say, I do train politicians as well. So I can <laughs> see both sides of the, of the microphone as it were. But the biggest mistakes that people make are, are literally not thinking before they speak. So rather than reflect, think, what impact might this thing have, they will just blurt it out. And, of course, once that's recorded, once that's out, it's out. You know, we've talked about this a moment ago with social media. Once it's out there, you can't call it back. And then you've got to try and repair the damage if you possibly can. And that's much more difficult I'm not saying it in the first place. Right. And we do see a lot of politicians coming back to address, let me clarify this. And sometimes they (laughs) dig the hole further. You know the saying, if you dig the hole, put the shovel down. Well, sometimes they come back and they pick it up again and they keep going, right? But, but right. But what I see in terms of reputation, what I see, and I I work with lots of um, sort of high profile figures, it's not the initial problem. If you come out and say, I made a mistake, and you come out with your hands up and you say, I'm so sorry, I made a mistake, it won't happen again, it was just one of those things, then that's fine. What happens, though, is people cover it up. And people say, oh, I didn't say that, I didn't mean that, I've never said it before. And then more and more evidence comes out, and that's what does away with them. Okay. You know, it's, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you make a mistake, that's okay. You can, you can apologize and you can recover. But if you try and cover up your errors or blame somebody else or do something, it will come out in due course. 
What do you think are some of the things that speakers do that maybe clients talk to other clients and it starts to get around? What are some things that are surefire ways not to get asked back or to start the spread of bad reputation? Sure. I think there are a number of them and I don't, I don't want to give you a whole litany of these things as though we're dreadful people, but, but these, these things do happen. <laughs> And there's, there's the classic one of, of, of turning up just before your speech and leaving just afterwards. Mm. You know, so having no real engagement with the client or with any of the delegates, that sort of thing. People really don't like that. Okay. So that, that's bad. There's also the issue, I know it's a commonly used word and becomes a cliche, about authenticity. Okay. Are we the same people off stage as we are on? Now, we know each other. We are the same people on stage as off. You know, there, there, isn't, you know, there isn't anything. There's nothing there. There's no facade. We're not actors. But there are some people who present on stage completely differently from the way they behave off stage. We all we know some of these people. We know who they are. Mm-hmm. There are people, for example, and these, I'm not making these things up. I was at a conference, and the speaker after me was late. And what was their topic? Time management. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I had to apologize. You know? Not only is it bad for the reputation, it's completely yeah. incongruent with what Absolutely. they are teaching. And That's terrible. And it's a true story. They turned up 10 minutes late for their speech and they said, I'm sorry, I got confused with the time. And you thought, oh, right. Okay. Well okay. <laughs> if only um, you were a time management expert. Okay. Yeah. What else? Well, I think plagiarism is another issue that comes mm. up. And, and people think, oh, well, no one's going to spot that. But believe me, they do. A lot of things are recorded. You know, videos are compared. And event planners and event organizers, uh, meeting organizers, they know. They know if somebody is delivering somebody else's material because they know the business probably better than many of us, many of us speakers do. Mm-hmm. And I think once you plagiarize, once you start to claim that your material is your own, but it's actually somebody else's, again, you, you, won't, you won't get booked again. You, really you know, won't. I have the biggest fear around that because mm. everything I know, I learned from other people at some sure. point in time. And the memory goes once you hit the hurdle of 50. <laughs> and I wonder if sometimes, you know, I say things and I haven't given the proper due. And, you know, I've apologized to that in several different mm. mediums, especially in the book. And I try to, I, I, I think, I think maybe some of it comes down to intention, but you know, it's good that you say that because it mm. just makes me think, okay, I need to work hard on that and make sure that I'm never ever taking credit for something that somebody else said. Well, what I always say to, and I always say to people, you should Google proof your speech. Mm. In other words, you should go through the whole text of your speech and look it up, uh, yeah. check it out online. And Google's not always correct and the sites we go to aren't always accurate, but nevertheless, you can, you can run checks. And for certain, you know, I hear people say, oh, scientists have proved, research has shown. I'm st- if, somebody, if I hear somebody do that on stage, I'm straight onto my phone. I'm, I'm going to check that. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the unfortunate nature yeah. of everybody having a phone in their hand. If, if, yeah. And then the worst part to that is then they take to Twitter right afterwards and say, this person just said this, which was downright wrong. And yeah. you're getting more, you're getting disproven uh, very, very quickly. Okay, what else? I'm sure there are more. Well, there, there, there are lots of things. I mean, I, I, think, I think sometimes people, they, they disrespect their audience. And I think, you know, by, by either making assumptions about what the audience knows or doesn't know mm-hmm. without checking properly, and I, or, or even, you know, being, being downright rude. 
uh, to an audience and disrespecting certain parts of an audience perhaps it might be might be women it might be an ethnic group it might be and I've heard these sorts of things happen right on stage and I'm I'm honestly astonished that anyone would disrespect anybody let alone standing on stage and disrespecting an audience member and but the thing is these things do happen but fortunately when they do happen people notice and you made the point very well yourself they tweet them they put them on facebook they they're recorded on youtube and they're uploaded so that people can see them forever right and i think that is the big difference now to what we had maybe 20 30 years ago before all this um, stuff was going on before it was being recorded. People could say, "Well, I'm not sure. I think they said that. I'm not sure," and right. it becomes a he said, she said thing. Right. Now the evidence is there, social proof, as we call it. Mm-hmm. You've said it. Take responsibility for it. That's right. that's the way it works. Right. And what if you did mess up during a speech and you said something, and then a few minutes later it's rolling around in your head saying, "Oh boy, I just said something really stupid." Do you think you could walk it back in that moment? Yes. You can, and I think you should. I think mm-hmm. if you if you if you suddenly realise that you've said something inappropriate, you misattributed it, um, you said something that that was meant to be the other way round, whatever it was, correct it. Mm-hmm. Correct it as soon as you possibly can. I would I would stop my speech and I would say I'm sorry. What I said a few minutes ago, that's not what I meant to say. Yeah. What I meant to say was this. I do apologise. People are fine with that. I think it shows authenticity it and the, the fact that you're fallible. You know, I can be pretty opinionated about things when it comes to speaking, hmm. marketing, sure. and things like that. So my mantra before I go on is be kind, be humble, be sharp. I yes. want to be sharp and on the ball, but really more importantly, I want to be kind and humble. And so by talking myself about <laughs> that, I get into the right yeah. mode of, you know, just to be kind, even if somebody is dead wrong, you can still be kind about how you share that with him. And and last weekend I had my live event and I remember saying something, no, you shouldn't do that. And I thought to myself, I should have said it that way. I should have said, well, you could do that, but here's what I would suggest instead. You know, I just, I don't have those nuances down like you pros do. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. You're very good. But, but the thing <laughs> is, we, but, you, but you realize that it happened. I'm, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You realize, whereas I think a lot of people who, who don't have such a good reputation, they don't even realize. Right. They don't know what they're doing. And even when people feed it back to them, they can start to get annoyed about it and say, yeah, what do you mean? How dare you suggest that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. These are people who are not busy speakers, of course, are they? No, probably not. Because, okay, so ultimately the whole reason why the reputation management is so important is because clients talk to one another and mm-hmm. word of mouth and spin-off is our best, best friend. How important has been that been for you in your own career? It's hugely important. And I obviously, like everybody like you, I'm sure I assess where my work comes from, where my gigs come from. Over 90% is word of mouth mm. these days. Over 90%. It's always been about 50, 50% plus. It's now over 90%. And I know that people like meeting professionals international MPI when they do their surveys. Mm-hmm. They find 85 plus percent of bookings come from word of mouth or from speakers who've been seen before. Okay. So you can, you can do all the marketing you want, but word of mouth is still where it's at. How do you think you went from 50 to 90? Uh, but well, by doing well, a lot of work, those thousands of appearances, being on lots getting, of stages. Getting better and better and better on the platform, would you say that? I, I think, yeah, the, there is a phrase, isn't it? The only way to get good on the platform is to get good on the platform. And yeah. I think you know, the, that's the thing, you know, the stage time that Darren LaCroix talks about. You, you can't do it any other way. 
I think you can learn and you can learn and you can learn, but you've got to practice. And I think, yes, I think it's basically I've put in thousands. I've done well over the 10,000 hours now. I've done thousands and thousands of hours around the world. And I haven't always been perfect. In fact, I've never been perfect. If I ever deliver a perfect speech, I'm giving up. Mm. You know, I'm al- always perfecting, always trying May- to get And maybe, you know, being human is more the uh, what we're going for than being perfect. Yeah. I I absolutely agree. Yeah. Okay. So last question before we let you go off to your dinner and relax. What is one thing that you think many speakers make a mistake of when they appear in the media? And let's say, uh, let's choose TV or, or radio as an example. What's one thing that you really see going This is going to sound like a really weird response, but let me explain it. I think the mistake people make is that they actually just answer the question. Hmm. Now, the the reason I say that is because television, radio, any media is the opportunity to make uh, a message, deliver a message, get get your message out there. You need to think, prepare that in advance and what use the technique we call bridging to get from the question asked to the answer you want to give and then, then acknowledge the question and answer it. If you just answer the questions you're given and you never think about the message you want to deliver, then you won't do nearly as well as you should on the media. Oh, that's really interesting. So have a media plan. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, what do you think about submitting questions ahead of time? Do journalists like that or not like that? I can summarize that in one word, Jane. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no. funny. And you, have, you haven't given me any advance notice of these questions, have you, that we've been talking about no, tonight? No, and because- it's been very natural and that's what you would like people to show up and absolutely i think if you try (laughs) and tell a journalist what questions to ask you can forget the whole interview so you could have said to me just now that's a bad answer which is what (laughs) i did last weekend but you didn't because you're so kind you're humble kind and sharp well um Alan Stevens, thank you for coming to us from across the pond we most appreciate your time today and um if people want to get in touch with you, do you uh, let's, let's talk about you've got a book and is there anything else that they might want to? Uh, yeah, I've got books. I've got online courses. I, I do all sorts of coaching programs. But uh, the easiest way to find me is just mediacoach.co.uk. Or if you just type in The Media Coach into Google, I will appear. You're the guy. Way to own that space. I love it. Okay, we'll have Monica put that in the show notes. Make sure that people can be in touch with you. Definitely want to take a look at the exceptional speaker book. And uh, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, thank you, Alan, for your time today. Most appreciated. And if you've enjoyed our podcast today, please leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Let us know that you've enjoyed it. Email me, jane at speakerlauncher.com. And with that, we will say see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speakers Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free wealthy speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, wealthy speakers.